Bienvenidos a Hablada Tangents, Temporada 2. For both your ears. I didn't bother to translate all of it. Sue me. This week's episode is brought to you by Google Translate. Google Translate. It will get you a working man's version of pretty much anything you want to type into it into any other language. Google Translate. Don't actually try to use this to talk to someone who is a fluent speaker. My name is Hesong. Hey, and I'm KJ, and this week we welcome our good friend John Fitzpatrick to the third chair. And we kick it all off with Week in Review. I eat some peeps. Jason goes out in the community and spends some time with some real peeps. And John gives us some pre-recommendations. Gracias, Juan. Es muy bueno. That's all I looked up right there, too. Recommendations. El recomendo. La recomenda. I don't know. We wrap it all up with feedback. All that, plus several conversational tangents. Lo siento mucho por matar la hermosa lengua española. In a week, things happen. Yes, they do. And now we'll review. Yes, we will. Those things that happened. The things that happened. It's the speaking of tangents. Week in review. What is up this week? Good is up. Good is up. We have our good friend John Fitzpatrick sitting in the third chair with us this week. Yes. So good to be here. John, welcome lots, back. I've got lots of chairs, and and this one is the third one. <laughs> okay, yes. good. Yes, well, I mean, that's I'm the rule. Glad. You have to sit in the third chair, yes. whether it's from, you know, the third from one side of your room, or it's the third one, you know, that you see. There has to be some sort of, of rule that, system that we follow. So you have to, it has to be the third in some form, sequential order or another. It is, it is just that. <laughs> good. Excellent. <laughs> then we may continue. Okay, good. Um, What's been going on? Well, you know what? It's been, for me and the Hall of Famer, it's been a week of, uh, actually a few weeks of kindness mm. from other people. And, well, and a few surprises. Um. But I'll talk about the kindness first. Just little tiny acts of kindness from other people. So first of all, I I got a, a little bit of a stomach bug pretty much yesterday. Had to come home from work. And I, I'm kind of at the tail end of it now. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling better, obviously, because I'm, I'm here today. Yeah, but um, I was really, really miserable yesterday. And none of the food in our house was sounding good to eat at all. And as you guys know, the Hall of Famer can't drive. And I certainly I just had, wasn't going Can I going interrupt anywhere. and just say the Hall of Famer had this major surgery, and she's going to be listening to this news of a stomach bug, and she's going to be playing <laughs> the tiniest violin. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, new, newsflash, she does already know about the stomach bug. Oh, I'm sure. But, yeah, I, would, I would say so, yeah. So neither one of us could drive anywhere to get any food you know when you have a stomach bug you're not wanting to eat nothing sounds good so the only Mm -hmm. thing that sounded good was cereal i haven't i don't ever eat cereal anymore like lucky charms no i didn't go with lucky charms no um captain crunch some is there a whole 30 what's that what's that uh there are no whole 30 compliant cereals that's why i don't eat them um it was honey nut cheerios and actually both of us picked that out of the blue 
was really interesting because I, I that's, oh, that's that, nuts. that usually is not a cereal I even like, but that's what we both wanted. So anyway, we called some friends and some friends came by and dropped off cereal and milk on our front porch. They were smart enough not to come in the house. <laughs> to so get you the just did, bugs. but they came up the driveway, which is a they bold came up choice the driveway. Yes, it is a bold choice. <laughs> you just did like boutique. Yes. Grubhub is what you just Basically, did. yeah, because we don't have Grubhub yeah. around here yet. Yeah. So that's kindness number one. Shout out Mara and Courtney. Thank you very much. Um, kindness number two is just kind of funny. Um, it's sweet. So when the Hall of Famer left school after her surgery, um, a lot of her colleagues, the other teachers, the classroom teachers, were they ha- asked their students to make cards for her, get well cards. So she mm-hmm. must, they, ha- they got delivered this week, so she must have about a hundred I'd say of these cards and wow. these are a second through yeah. fourth graders. So you can, Jason, you can probably imagine with oh. your kids. I think they're about that age, maybe a little older now. No, younger. Yeah, I, have a, I have a, I have a second grader. Yes. Second My daughter grader. teaches fourth graders. So, okay. I'm, so oh, you're in too. I, so we, we got this covered here. So I pulled out, I pulled out a few to share, but I only read one because you know, it's part of it is looking at it and this, you can't see the card. You can only hear me reading it. <laughs> but this first one, this person gave her a connect the dot. So they gave her a little fun game to play, which is basically a circle. So there we have that. And now I'm opening this card. But you I gave just... away you gave away the, the surprise ending, the twist ending. <laughs> yeah, connect the you, dot. You said it was a circle. Sorry, it's a circle. So this okay. says, dear teacher. But it says her name. <laughs> but it doesn't say the Hall of Famer. Okay. Dear teacher. Okay. I was about to say. <laughs> How is your knee? I almost broke my leg multiple times on Saturday because I went to the father-daughter dance and the high heels weren't made for dancing. Oh, boy. What's your favorite thing to do since you had your knee surgery? From your student. So there's like a hundred of these cute little cards. Adorable. It also didn't say your student. It's it the kid's acts, name, right? It actually says your student, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, on the outside Wait, of the card... Are you sure these weren't ordered from like some Etsy page where they're like <laughs> no. customized kid logo, kid things that you can send to your teacher? You know? <laughs> well, now that you say that, no, on the outside where the connected dots are, um, it says the student's name, which I will not read for okay, privacy good. reasons. There you go. Um, so I may read some of those down the line, but because there are some really funny ones, but I thought that was funny that uh, this girl didn't. She almost broke her knee multiple times from dancing with high heels. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say as I've been there. Uh, I have not either, actually. Okay. Oh. So the last kindness, shout out to Anita from Alaska. So she sent us yep. a care package, and I tweeted about this. So she sent a care package of a puzzle, which is keeping mm-hmm. the Hall of Famer busy, and Excellent. two, shall we say, interesting flavors of peeps. Oh, I was going to say, that's what I got. Did you get some peeps? Okay, which yes, flavors did Anita. you get? I got root beer. Root beer float, so did I. And pancakes and syrup? Yes, got those two. Now, did yeah, you try I, them? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. I See, I actually like peeps. I can't stand root beer. Okay, yep. I, I, I will not drink root beer. And pancakes and syrup does not sound appealing to me in peep form either, so I have not tried them. Neither one of them sounded appealing to me, um, except for jousting, you know, because we had just come off the jousting. Yeah, joust. Yeah. Yep. So, but you we know, decided that we would, go ahead, John, but we were going to taste test these, and I have a review, a quick review. Okay. Go Let ahead, Let me just John. jump in beforehand yep. to say Anita is always so generous with these things that it's great, but I'm a little surprised Absolutely. that the two flavors weren't salmon 
and whale blubber. <laughs> really theming it from the I'm sure those flavors Alaskan exist. wilderness. It's, there's probably some sort of salmon-related flavor, I'm, yes. If I'm, not I'm in a sure. peep, in an Oreo, for sure. Well, maybe there's like omega-3 fatty acids in all of them, and it's good to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the... We basically broke these two two categories. We put them into two categories. Are they edible or are they non-edible? Mm-hmm. Root beer float, when you open that up, it has a strong root beer odor. Which well, that I'm not even going to open it. Aroma. Would, uh, yeah, a a, aroma. Blackout. Aroma, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> they were edible. We put the, them in the edible category. but Well, I mean, if you ate it, it's technically edible. Yes, but edible That's meaning by definition. tasty or not. Uh, not... Good or bad? What do you want me to do? Good or not so good? I like edible and unedible because (laughs) both of these are going to be edible. They're both edible. That makes it easy. Pancakes and syrup, all it tasted to me was like, it just tasted like maple, which was fine. It was edible. The verdict was edible. That's Uh, it. I'm I'm going unedible on either one of those because I'm not even open them. But see, what I will do is I I will collect them and put them with my collection of stuff that people have sent me. And it's honestly mainly stuff Anita has sent me yeah. that I stack up on, like on the back of my desk. So it's like it's like I have a, like a little display. Is it like the back say, of the PTI set where they have all yeah. the? Figurines? It kind of is, like with all the yeah. toys, like on the. Yeah. It's more like the desk. It's because instead of like heads and pictures, it's yeah. more like just like little trinkets and toys of where they would like sit, like a football helmet mm-hmm. or like a stuffed mm-hmm. bear or something. Oh, yeah, I've got like a couple of those around my house. I almost said Michigan shrine. Tech. But I didn't want to say I made a shrine to Anita from stuff she sent me because that could get creepy real fast. <laughs> yeah, good. So they, um, they I'm were not going to murder you. What's that? I said I'm not going to murder her. Oh, That's, yeah. Um, they were okay, but uh, the the bottom line here still is stick with the original. Oh yes. And but we did. I thought we were going to have leftovers for jousting. We did not. We took care of. You both. ate them all. We put, yes, we did. So we put them down. That's why I had to put them in edible. There was like eight. We didn't in just the... eat one. We ate them all. That was like sixteen peeps. There was ten of them, five per oh, sleeve. So, it's... so I got five, oh, I and the Hall of Famer got sleeve. five. Okay. And then three days later, I think we tried the pancakes and syrup, and we did it the same way. Oh, so there was there was ten per flavor then. Ten, and they were ch- the chick form. So there so was perfect 20. for jousting. Yeah, yeah. twenty. Yeah. We didn't joust a single one. What is the original peep flavor? Is it sugar? I think so. I mean, I, I have that, no I mean, other way to fair, describe it. I don't think it has a fair descriptor. Like a, yeah. I think yeah, so, just label. sugar. Um, so anyway. It's but, not poultry. No, 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 not poultry. It's not baby poultry, just to be clear. <laughs> no, definitely not. So that, that, was, that was it. What, I mean, those were highlights of the two weeks. You know, there were some surprises underneath the smelting snow. But what else happened with, with you this week? Either one of you. Uh, I went, I had to print uh, training cards, baseball cards for the DKE Kickstarter thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me, I thought, I'm going to knock this out in like an hour and a half. It ended up taking like two weeks by the time we corrected. And we had to, we were waiting on a couple of other things to come in so we could, I wanted to ship everything out at once, which everything, by the time you hear this, we're kind of recording earlier this week. So I think by the time you hear this, by the time the podcast is posted, Everything will be shipped out and on its way to people. All okay. the merchandise. So I hope that's the plan. So I'm printing these baseball cards out, and I thought it would take me like an hour or two. It took me like two weeks, and four of those days were at Staples and FedEx trying to get the printing right and get the get them cut right. Wow. It 
It was insane. But it's a good thing, though, because when I was at Staples, there was one woman working there and one guy, like the manager, and he's like, oh, I got to go to a meeting. And I got there at like probably noon and by, at like 2.30 in the afternoon, so like two and a half hours later, she's, he, he goes to a meeting and she, he leaves her by, there by herself behind the counter, this lady. And there was like probably seven or eight people in there waiting. And like, I've been there for two and a half hours trying to get this printed out. And so their computer system crashed. And she was like, do you know anything about this? I was like, well, sort of. She goes, come back here. So I'm behind the counter oh working on their computer system at Staples. Help them. Re- I, I basically said reboot it. As basically what I did, I rebooted. She goes, oh, you fixed it. And while I'm back there, she goes off to help somebody else. And other people are coming up and going, hey, do you know how to do this? I'm like, yeah, sure. It's blah, 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 blah. So basically, I texted Deanna jokingly. I think I'm working at Staples now. I was going to say, and- did you get your printing free? <laughs> Yes. Okay. I was there for like three and a half hours, and about two hours of it was behind the counter. And at the end, the woman was like, Yeah, you just take it. Just thank you. Take everything. And I had like, it was probably $120 worth of stuff. So it was worth it. I'm picturing you like Jimmy McGill in (laughs) Better Call Saul at the printing place. And yours is a happier ending than that was, as I recall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. It uh, it worked out good. It was interesting. I I don't often go out because I don't go out to a place of work. I don't like have a job where I go and mm-hmm. I mean if I go anywhere, I'm going to like play you know music or whatever. Right. I'm not really out on a regular nine to five somewhere. Every, you know, four or five days a week, six days a week, whatever. So I'd forgotten how interesting it can be to just be someplace where you're interacting with a large group of people that kind of going through all the time. So it's like, I saw the craziest stuff when I'm there. And then I go to FedEx and the woman's, she's talking, she has her like earpiece in on her phone. Cause I had to go there to print something. Cause they had a printer that would do like a higher paperweight, you know, cardstock thing. Um, and so she's on her phone talking and I'm here one part of the conversation and she's talking out loud. Like, you know, she's talking to somebody right in front of her. And she just didn't care that people were around her listening or could hear. And she said, like, stuff, just crazy stuff. But anyway, uh, it it was very interesting to be in the with the people with again. The, that with makes the sense. regular people. This is why you keep re-watching, <laughs> re-streaming The Office, right? Yes. <laughs> I miss my alone. corporate life. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about when you were describing right? what was happening. Exactly, right? Dwight went yeah. to Staples. Did, isn't that where Dwight left from? Yeah, I think he, he ended up at Staples I mean, for like Dr. a couple Mifflin of Mifflin is one step away from the place with the copier machine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it was very, um, it was very cool to get out there and and experience being around a bunch of different people for a couple of days there. So it's, uh, it was, it was a good week. So did okay. I? Didn't realize that. I guess I didn't not realize. I just didn't think that Staples does printing. Why did oh, yeah. you choose like a Staples over an Insti print where all they do is print? Because there's no place like that around here. Oh, okay. Cause... There's a Staples and a FedEx close to me that both do uh, printing, like custom print. Oh, so I guess take I... in the files. It was and two and a half hours. That market. Yeah. Yeah. Was two and a half hours what you were expecting? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> That's I what I was say, saying. I would have brought snacks if I had to be gone that long. <laughs> Cheese well, balls. part of it was I part of it. The reason I was at Staples that long is because I was behind the counter helping them figure out how to print what I was trying to print the way I yeah. wanted to print it. Yeah, it it was not a common 
will you print my resume on this paper or you know, will sure. you make yeah. a copy of this or scan this in? It was it was a little more involved in that because it's double sided, you know, pretty heavy, like 144 pound cardstock, double sided, full color. Um, these cards turned out really good. I'm I think people are going to be excited to good. get them. So, so they definitely. I'm glad that they didn't make you pay for for that transaction because you you definitely sound like you earned it. Well, it was bartered. Yeah. I mean, I got paid. I basically got paid one hundred twenty dollars for working there for three hours. Yeah, that's yeah. worth it. Okay. Then I went to the uh, Social Security office today, yeah, which was also just fun. as interesting. Two and a half is that, hours. Yeah. Is that too? downtown? Uh, no, it's it's actually the opposite of downtown. What's huh. the opposite of not uptown? Uptown, we'll like Exeter, out of town. But- um, I, I felt like I was driving to KJ's <laughs> like plantation estate. Is there like a federal, I mean, was it a fed office, federal office? Yes, federal. Uh-huh. And is there like a federal center on the, on the, uh, outskirts of Atlanta? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, but the one that I chose to go to, the one that I, my friends recommended that I go to, they said, go drive 30 minutes out, you know, away from Atlanta Yeah. to way out, which it's pretty rural. I mean, once you get, you know, an hour and a half outside of Atlanta, it's, you could be in, you know, where KG lives. It's in the middle of nowhere. But traffic so, down there, an hour and a half is like, what, 12 miles? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm out in like rural middle of nowhere, and there's just like this little brick building. And I go in, and there's like a security guard in there, which I didn't expect because I, I, I wasn't thinking. And the mach- there's a kiosk machine at the front in this corner, and you have to punch your social security number into this machine. And I'm thinking... This is probably not the best practice to teach people to push to just whenever a, a computer or a screen asks for them to punch it in the social security number, they do it. Right. But the guy was like, that's the only way we'll help you is if you punch it in. I was like, okay. So I punch it in. They gave me a number that was like S51. And I'm like, okay. So I sit down and the chairs, there's three rows of chairs that are facing the opposite of the windows where the people are helping you. <laughs> so your back is to the people that are so helping you. So you're basically, you're in a Terry Gilliam movie. It's in yes, that is literally it looks it's insane. It it's crazy. And so I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the screen, which is this big TV, and the only thing it has on it is welcome to the social security office. And then it has this string of numbers, like the last numbers that they've called, and as they call the next one, the one pops up. I want to read you the numbers in order that came up in there. You know, this is like it's like when you go like to a bakery or whatever and you take a number and it's like number well, one, number DMV, two, and it goes to the line. The yeah, it's, it really is. So I'm I'm sitting there. So my number is S51. And I look up at the screen. And on the screen, it's like most recently called numbers. S49, P3, V683, 81, D878, and Z406. <laughs> and I'm going, what is the logic behind this? Well, I, I, right. I'm going to have to do like advanced calculus to figure out where I am in the order of this thing. And so I started thinking, okay, maybe that means it's particular aisles or, or windows that you go to. Because they would say, you know, Z104, come to uh, window A. <laughs> so I look behind me and the windows are A, B2, C, and triple D. <laughs> and I'm just going, what is, go- what is going on? It made zero sense. I, I don't know if it was meant to be confusing on purpose or I'm just an idiot and... It it really I felt like I was losing my mind. It was somebody was playing a joke on me. It was crazy. So, do we think it was employees' initials? Whoever was there <laughs> I have that no day. Idea. 
because I was trying to figure it out because they called like probably 10 numbers in the time that I was there. So it actually didn't take as long as I expected. Okay, um, that's good. But there's only like there's only like 10 people there when I got there and a couple people got up and then they called out 10 more people or so, 10 or so numbers. And they would call a number and say, go to this window. And it was or like a, a series of numbers and or digits to go to this window. It never I could not in the hour and a half that I was there, I could not correlate it. No. To make any sense whatsoever. No, it's not intended to. Somewhere no. <laughs> 10 years ago, they did some kind of business process reengineering and they said, yes. here are the different processes. <laughs> and everybody who worked there at the time that understand what SR and PL or whatever the acronym is. No longer were, there. <laughs> they're no longer there. And it's just, that's just the way they come up. That's the and way they, we they do it. Gives you the impression that, oh, this is really organized. It's, <laughs> it's bigger than me. They're taking care of me because they got all the stuff yes. going on. It must and be about my head because I can't understand you know, it. I used to scoop ice cream in high school, and you pulled a number yeah. off, and we, we'd call out the number, and that was who got the next scoop. That's, that's what, exactly that's right. That's what's about happening. It's the Baskin-Robbins Baskin meets the Darden School. Yes. And exactly. Well, it's like, it's like they got Bob and Bob from Office Space in there <laughs> to, to, is to it, redefine the business What is process. it you think you do here? Yeah. <laughs> Would you say you like working here? <laughs> Great movie. And I yes. feel like because it's, well, I'm going to change subjects a little, but sure. because it's the, you, you, you called out um, office space, because it's the beginning of baseball season, mm-hmm. I need to have an end-to-end viewing of Major League. Yes. Right? I'm definitely overdue for that. One of the best the baseball whole, The whole absurdity of it. And and maybe even that portion of Naked Gun where they're at the Dodger game. These are the things that set me up for baseball season. So where does cool. Bull Durham fall in that? Oh, Bull Durham is... I really like Bull Durham. Okay, where, but Major League's the number one baseball movie. Yeah, yeah. Major League is total it's absurdity. It's that whole late 80s... Uh-huh, um, yeah. Um, broad comedy. It's not as raunchy as the stuff that came, you know, later, but it's it's got some edge to it. Um, Bull Durham's a, you know, it's it's a love story for baseball as well as for mm-hmm. the characters in it. So it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would say like Major League, Bull Durham, The Natural, The Natural, um, yeah, Field of Dreams. The Rookie, which is surprisingly, yep. you know, um, uh, I'll just say as an old guy, because that one's more about an old guy, it's a little more wistful. Well, so is The That's, Natural. Um, is that Dennis Quaid? Dennis Quaid. It's actually, yep. it's a Disney movie, which is yeah, a it surprise. Is um, and uh, of course, The Sandlot. Yes, The Sandlot. <laughs> which is not about pro baseball, but is a great baseball movie. And yes, movie. it's got that whole... Thing with the dog in the yard. Yeah, yeah Sandlot's one of my favorites, baseball movies. But I will ask you, John, where are you on Fever Pitch? <laughs> Fever Pitch, remind me. I'm not anywhere particularly familiar with Fever. I mean, well, I'm, that's I'm exactly the correct answer. Remind me which Fever one is Pitch. Fever I'm Pitch. not anywhere around that. <laughs> Fever Pitch is Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. It's about the Redskins yeah, I'm, World Championship. Yeah, I'm sure it came up at a time in my life. I'm when sorry, I was the not Red Sox. Attention to those things. Yeah. 
Was it basically that Boston sketch that they repeated over and over again on Saturday Night Live as a movie? Uh, it kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the, it's about the year I think that the 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 I think it's what 2004 when the Red Sox finally broke through and yeah. won and beat the Yankees. Yeah, yeah when they no, were down. Uh, I don't need fever pitch to, to feel good about that period. There you go. Right. Yes. I mean, it's, right. it's it's right. it's it's not a good. I mean, I was and during that movie. period the you know it was the end of the Washington D.C. fans root for Orioles, mm-hmm. and if you rooted for the Orioles, you hated the Yankees, and so anything that happened bad for the Yankees was good you'd root for mm-hmm. and so all right then rosox i'm with you yes. yes because you're not the yankees yeah yeah and no, then 100%. somehow boston has become worse to me than the yankees well I'm boston gonna, as a whole the whole like because all their sports teams won mm-hmm. multiple yes times. but i'm gonna say i separate i mean i separate the Sox from uh, yeah. the Patriots. Yes, There's, certainly that first couple you of know, I'm, I'm because, uh, you know, I'm just baseball over football and 162 games and the personality of those players are still, you know, Poppy's good and Pedroia's good and all of those guys and Francona when he did it. And now he's in Cleveland and I root for him. So, yeah, I mean, I get it in terms of generally Boston, but uh, but still. I, can, I, I have, I have some space for Massachusetts. <laughs> well, the mass holes that you've talked about on this past yes. this podcast before. After Luke dropping the Tom Brady is Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> exactly right. Surprisingly, I don't know when it was a couple in the last couple of weeks. Gwyneth Paltrow went on Saturday Night Live. Really? And she spoofed herself. Oh, good. That brings There's her up a, a couple pegs for me. Yes, yes I was good. surprised. There's a... There's a comedian that comes on Weekend Update, and I can't remember. Heidi Gardner is her name. Now I can remember her name. And she comes on, and she's a Goop employee. That's the bit. It's one of these nice. recurring bits. And yeah. it's it's really funny because she's so beholden to the Goop idea. Well, they she, started, she starts to do it, and Gwyneth Paltrow comes on with her. And it was really sharp it was really good it was like i get it i can make fun of myself so i was once again all in for pepper Potts and emma and you can go back and back and back in time for Gwyneth yes. paltrow there's she reason to root for her i i do have a, whatever her name was in that well or or um mrs coldplay what's chris martin's name chris martin yeah. Chris, Chris Martin, Martin is Chris Martin. What's Chris Martin's I name? Was, I was in London. I can't remember exactly. Bono Jr. is what his name is. So whenever Apple was born, so their kid's name is Apple. Yeah. Yes. Apple so Martin. Yes. Apple Martin. So when Apple. Sam Apple. When, owner of the, Apple. In, that's, that's, that's him, yeah. So I, I was in London when Apple was born. Um, she was born in a hospital in the neighborhood, St. John's Woods, I think is the neighborhood, which mm-hmm. is near Apple Studios. And I happened to be that day on a Beatles walking tour of London. Wow. Let me just, cool. I mean, we're doing recommendations later, but let me just say right now, if you're in London and you like the Beatles, there are there's this guy that does two different walking tours, depending, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's one set, and Tuesday, Thursday, it's another. Mm-hmm. Do the Beatles walking tour. It doesn't matter which one you do. You'll enjoy it. 
and so we were walking and it and this particular one we were doing ends at Apple Studios, but it walks by this hospital. And so we're walking by and he's like, oh, yeah, Chris Martin and his wife had their baby. Chris Martin, Chris and, Martin his and his wife. <laughs> and I'm like, um, I'm the American in the group. Yeah. Yeah. It's the other way. Yeah. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow, the and famous person. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the more famous person than that couple. <laughs> and the paparazzi were out there and the police were out there and Apple had been born in the Sting name. was out there? <laughs> yes, exactly. Sting. Yes. Stuart Copeland and Andy <laughs> Summers were with Sting. They were all out front with cameras. Wow. That is, yeah, that's, quite, that's cool. Quite something. <laughs> In any case, so we walked by and we saw the paparazzi and we were all that. And the and the guy that that does this Beatles tour, and he does it five times a week, and he does it. He's been doing it for fifteen years, so it's not exciting for him. Um, mm-hmm. But he's like, oh yeah, Apple was born yesterday. So we're like, Apple, really? And then we walk around the corner, and there's Apple Studios, and there's the crosswalk where they. You know, Paul was barefoot and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, of course, everybody's out in the crosswalk taking their shoes off and taking their pictures. Oh, sh- sure. Oh, yeah, doing the, doing doing like the album cover and stuff, yeah. So, a preview Are for you included for in record. that, everyone? You know, I feel like there's a Japanese tourist who has a picture of me with my shoes <laughs> off on his phone. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure I have one. I have a picture of the front door, and I have a picture of the road sign and all of that stuff very enigmatic mm-hmm. i'll share yes. it with you guys so you can tweet it out with this, with oh, this that'd be awesome. episode. okay cool yeah but there's well, you, a preview for the recommendations section. i was gonna say you mentioned the recommendations but we should just roll right into it absolutely sure. although let me let me just say this one thing because i think it'll tweak jason a little bit for my <laughs> please weekend, go ahead from, you from have my the floor. Weekend review um so i live in a I live in a condominium. I'm on the ninth floor. Um, these, this building was built like a dozen or 13 years ago. And I had to replace this. So this is sort of like, KJ, your Samsung story. Okay. Washer yep. and dryer story. I had to replace my HVAC system. Mm-hmm. And so my air conditioner and furnace are all one unit and they're tied in with the hot water heater and they're all in a, they're all in a, um, closet on the balcony and they were failing and one was failing more than the other bottom line i had to replace them both at the same time and this was the most unsatisfying large expenditure i've ever had in my life yeah (laughs) because (laughs) it was preventative hey this thing's rusting out it's starting to leak at the top this is going to go at any time you're not going to have hot water and the hot water feeds the heater and it's winter time and all this stuff Okay, let's just replace it. I'll cringe and figure out the money. And, and so they come in and they do that. And so it hadn't failed yet. And so I had hot water and I had heat. And then they came in for two days and they replaced it all. And at the end of it, I had hot water and I had heat and I had debt. And it <laughs> yeah. just didn't, it just didn't add, it just didn't feel good. You know, oh, sometimes right, we it spend like money. It was right, it's the responsible thing to do. Or sh- to do, sure, I'm a homeowner. But yes. the one thing that I got out of this was a Nest thermostat. Ooh, 
So oh, my, yes. So my thermostat is hooked up to my Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. and it's controllable by my phone. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just thought Jason would be so suspicious of <laughs> hooking your house up to the internet. <laughs> Oh, I have one of those too. Do you? Oh, it's not a it's not a Nest one, but it is it well, is a Wi Fi thermostat. That, so you're yes. you're in. So this yeah. this in you actually thought this control. might tweak Jason, but it tweaks I, me because I cannot have that because I do not have Wi Fi here. <laughs> you, you don't have one, right? Right. Oh, My brother right. um, has one of it those too. It always works out for me, and he he made his own. Say I don't again. know what he made his own. Yeah, he made his, he made his own system. He made his own Wi-Fi? No, he made his own Nest-like thermometer. Oh, he has like, uh, it, it, he probably set up like a local area network for it. He must have, yeah. I don't understand yeah. it. All I know is that he created wow. it and that I can't get it because I can't have, I don't have Wi-Fi. Well, I can control it from my phone so I can say, hey, I'm I'm coming home. I can look at my the temperature at my place. I know. I know. And change it. So that 30 minutes later when I get there, it's the right temperature. That seems like extravagant. Every month it sends me, it's only sent me one, but I'm expecting the next one. It sends me an update of here's what energy you're saving. Here's what energy you've used. And I just feel like three years down the line, this is going to feel like too much information. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're going to be like, stop, stop, Elon. I'm tired of getting texts from you. Stop. Cut it out. Right. The Secretary of Energy is going to be sending me emails going, hey, congratulations to you on your... Yeah. <laughs> we want to suggest this. So anyway, I I'm you. in. I have, I have the smart home. So I went to the Nest website and I say, okay, well, if I'm in the Nest ecosystem, mm-hmm. like I'm in the Apple ecosystem yes, with my Mac and my phone, what other things are there that I should think about that they offer? And the answer is none. Mm-hmm. I don't want a camera in here. I don't need nope. an alarm. Um, no, it's all these babysitter cams and things and yeah. security cams inside the house, the home. Um, yeah, no. There's been so many stories I've seen lately where people oh, yeah. like people have hacked into like cameras in kids' rooms yeah. and like been able to take control of Crazy. baby monitor cameras and stuff. And I'm just like, nah. I I'm glad they didn't have the technology when my kids. Both of my kids are, I mean, my kids, one of, them, one of them's eight, just turned eight. Yeah. But she is old enough that they didn't really have, there was not a proliferation of video baby monitors when she was a little baby. You know. So we just had the regular voice monitor. You know, I love the dog shows on Saturday morning, the pet show, the animal welfare shows that are on Saturday mm-hmm. morning TV where they put a camera in the house and they say, oh, here's a, here's a dog. Do they get along with the new dog? <laughs> and they and the and the owners leave and they see what you know the poodle and the cocker spaniel do when they're gone. Right. You know that that's yeah. not happening in my place. Well, you no. know you have a camera inside that nest, right? Oh, there's no camera. Oh, there might be. That's what you yeah. think. And on oh, my yeah, Mac, I've got a um I've got a um the camera on my Mac laptop. I've got it covered up. Yes. yes, it's been covered up. I years ago I heard a speech. Actually, it was a it was a cybersecurity speech given here in D.C. by Robert Mueller. Mm. While really? I think it was okay. between his time he had left FBI, but before his more recent fame, and he was given speeches. 
about cybersecurity and all the things that are changing. And I came home from that speech and I, and I plugged up my camera and my younger daughter saw it next time she saw my laptop and, and she knows, you know, I've worked in national security for a long time. And she's like, dad, what do you know? Yep. Why did you cover that up? <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing. What do you know? Tell me. That, that should be, that should tell everybody what everybody, they need to know right there. All listeners. <laughs> You so know. did you do more than what I do, which is just put a piece of like thick paper over it? That no, I did not do more. Okay, so I'm doing it correctly. Just yes. cover it up. Yes. Okay. So enough. Yes. I did not go into the code and disable the camera. Yeah. Okay. Did you see this story recently where I think it was a couple of weeks ago where hotels in South Korea yes. there's like some crazy huge percentage of hotels that they caught that had hidden cameras in the bathrooms and in the hotel rooms. Yes, I saw the story. And people were like protesting and it was like almost riot level to the government trying to get them to do something about this. Mm -hmm. That is insane. In the bad thing category. Yes. You mean the fact that there were cameras or the fact that they were protesting? What what do you mean? What What was insane? What part was insane? That to you? there's cameras. Yeah, okay, yeah, that that's there's what cameras. I thought you were yeah. saying. But yes, yeah. I have. I have been. <laughs> I'm not a monster. <laughs> no, I mean because maybe you were going to to the way that maybe you were trying to make the point that duh, this happens all the time. We just don't know about it. That kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think it no. happens all the time here, but I do right. think that in other in other countries, you have to be mindful. What's yes. the standard there? Well, I've been. Worried about that exact scenario, not like super worried where I won't go to hotels, but it's always been in the back of my mind since I watched a movie. Oh, what is the name of this movie? It was in the 90s. The Wizard of Oz. And it was, I think it was the one Matrix. of the Baldwin brothers. Billy. Backdraft. William Baldwin. <laughs> Billy Baldwin. The Hunt for Red October. No, it was about some creep who owned a, a condo unit and had cameras in all their Units oh, yeah. and we're what watching was... reality t- basically reality TV before reality TV started. So it was like Big Brother, but the people didn't know yes. that there were cameras in the house. Yeah. And I yeah, watched I... it at a very impressionable impressionable age and I've been scared of it ever since. So this this yeah. South Korea story actually did not surprise me. Uh it surprised me that it was such a large percentage of the ones yeah. that they checked that yeah. they found. I, I've I've always assumed that, like John said, when I go whenever I traveled internationally, I was always very careful wherever I went just because it's just different levels of, you know, what people expect and, and will put up with in certain places. But I, you, you know, you can get one of those like little RF. Now the thing, most of the cameras now are wireless. So you can get like an RF ID um, device that will detect whether a wireless signal is being transmitted in the, in the yeah. like near field. So you just, and they're not that expensive and you just kind of move or move it around the room. And if it picks up any signal, then you need to, Get out of there. Sliver. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that on the, the story they recommended. Sliver. That. Yeah, John got Sliver. it. Sliver. That's the name. Yes. Was Sharon I right? Was it Stone, William Baldwin and Sharon William Stone? Baldwin, yes. Yes. Tom Berenger. Totally yeah. salacious. Sliver. Yep. Yes. I remember that yep. now. Oh, my gosh. That was not a good movie to watch when I was like 16 or 17. For many reasons. Yes, right. for many reasons. <laughs> right. Okay. Although I'll give us a segue here because we tried mm-hmm. to do it a little earlier to recommendations. Because Sharon Stone appeared in an episode just last week of one of my recommendations. So if we want to go to recommendations, now, do it. now would be the time. 
do have recommendations today. Lots of them, I think. John, take it away. So yeah, so I, so I'm going to start in the TV space because, and you guys are just going to have to shut me up when it comes to recommendations. (laughs) I haven't, as I told you guys offline, I haven't been on the show in a while. So I figured, well, I just have to do recommendations going back to you know, November of 2016 when the last time I was on the show. So I'll restrain myself but um, one of the shows that I watch on, uh, and so I'm not a real-time TV watcher at all. I either stream or I DVR stuff and watch it later. Mm-hmm. Yep. So most of my stuff is either streaming or or a you know an alternate network. But one of the shows that I watch and I really like, and it's on right now in its fourth or fifth season, I can't keep track, is Better Things. This is on um, FX or FXX. Actually, I think it's FXX. Uh, so, okay. so in I don't that, know if I've heard of this show. Well, Better Things is a really terrific show. It stars, and it's an auteur show. It is entirely a creation of the woman who stars in it, Pamela Adlon. Oh, yeah. So Pamela Adlon, you might know from, uh, she's mm-hmm. a voice actress. She's been doing voice actress stuff forever. She's was a, she's been an actress in, in, television and movies for for 20 or, or more years. Um, she was in Louie, in the yes. FX series oh, uh-huh, Louie. Yeah. She was a co-writer of that. And in the show, she played a character who was a not-quite-girlfriend of Louie's, if you know. She played his wife in the previous like, in, HBO in that show. In whatever that... Oh, it was Lucky just called Louie. Louie. Yeah. Lucky Louie, which oh, was on HBO. Okay. She so. played his wife in that. And she's terrific. She apparently... She's like a Hollywood kid. Her father mm-hmm. was an agent. Yeah, she's she was, Bobby on King of the Hill. And she's a voice actress mm. in all kinds of stuff. Yes. Yeah, she does all kinds of animation voice acting. All, all kinds of stuff. So, so after doing Louie on FX with... Uh, Louis C.K., mm-hmm. she and Louis C.K. put together a show that she's the star, author, writer, director of. And mm-hmm. it's basically a version of her life, an alternate version of her life, where the main character is a voice actress and actress and who has three daughters, as she does, and what it's like to struggle to have that life in Hollywood, you know, and mm-hmm. to be a mother and, and all that stuff. It's really a different kind of show. I mean, it's not uh, by which I mean it's not like anything else. Um, if you've seen Louis, you'll see things that are like it. Mm-hmm. But um, but she is terrific. There's not a straight narrative in any one episode. It's this pastiche of stuff. It's so if you like something that's a little different, it's very. It's at times very raw. She's got. Um, her relationships in it, her relationships with her daughters, and her relationship with her mother. It's <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to watch. But but anyway, going back to our discussion of the movie Sliver from 20, 25 years ago, Sharon Stone appeared as a bit character in a recent episode of this thing. Hmm. And I'm just first I'm looking at this woman and going, wow, that looks a lot like she. Stone, <laughs> and, of, and then I look in the credits, and of course it's Sharon Stone, and um, 
so so anyway, um, it's it's. I mean, I'm a father of daughters, so I relate to the show. And if anybody out there, you know, has an interest in something that's you know different, it's not like I said. It's there are cohesive stories in each episode, but it is not a traditional show that says that takes you from here to there by the end of a season. Um, yeah, this definitely I, sounds like something that I would be into. So I, I, I didn't actually know this existed. Uh, yeah, we'll no. Check it out. Yeah, so no, I, I'm, I'm all in. Is this a comedy? So like 30 minutes or this is it's, more of an hour type? It's 30 minutes. It's, okay. um, I think it's 10 episodes a season. And, and like I said, I think oh, it's cool. in its fourth season. You, and you can go back and see all of them on fx.com or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. the uh, appropriate streaming is and um i you know i would recommend going i mean you could pick it up at any point and get a get the gist of the character she's completely um all the characters are really honest and and not concerned it's not a hollywood presentation of anything it is a cool. sort of a very real you know she in the in the current ep, in the current season the current season starts with her struggling with how much weight she's put on since her last season and she's a woman in her mid fifties and so I mean it's it's just you know that's just one example of the sort of realism that she brings to the show so it's a really alternative thing and I I quite like it and other people might like it as well I'm all about that I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't know that existed and I I've always liked her and everything I've seen her in so I will yeah absolutely have no she's her. great. She's I'll definitely great. watch it. And yeah. it's called Better Things. Better Things. Yes. Yeah. And it's about halfway through whatever season we're in for, I think. And it's completely different from another recommendation I have. And Jason, I think you saw my tweet about this a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh-huh. This is an AMC show that is also a couple of seasons in. And it's called Into the Badlands. Yes. Yeah, I've seen ads for this. This it, scratches every martial arts itch <laughs> I've had since, like, my youth and watching Bruce Lee movies in midnight okay. shows. So yeah, I need I need to watch this too then because I've seen like I haven't seen like actual pro- promos. I've seen just like promo shots, like yeah. images, stills. Yeah, and I'm like, this looks like you know, sci-fi samurai martial arts, Completely. like Western. Yeah, like anime come to life. I need to check this out. You do need to check it out, and you and it doesn't. You can check it out on YouTube with just fight sequences. You can. Oh, wow. You. I mean, it, my sense, and and again, I think it's two seasons, or maybe it's three, and the third season is the final season. It doesn't matter what the story is. That's right? exactly right. And, and so, so cross. So let's say that there's a uh, it's Mad Max meets martial arts. Okay. Cool. So yeah, it's some it. alternate future where you have a desolate post apocalyptic apocalyptic something, yeah. and the ruling um, fiefdoms that have survived the apocalypse are protected. In a semi, actually, it goes back to the Japanese shogun state idea, where you yes. have where you have these warriors protecting the the leaders and kings, and that's as much as you need to know if you like really great looking 
wuxia style martial arts that is just gorgeous to look at and go look how athletic people those people are how did they shoot yeah, that? that here's the slow-mo here's the crazy samurai action if you like to kill bill you'll like this sweet okay yeah that's what i was that's literally what i was about to say is it like a tarantino sort yeah of ish it's like kill bill? so i have this little um you know i'm old enough that i still have um dvds mm-hmm. and so oh, i, I have this little asian film martial arts section of my dvd library yes that has crouching tiger and dragon and House of flying daggers and hero and all these yes. things it is completely in that space and okay. it's on i definitely have to watch this. and it's on streaming and tv i think it's on amazon early it's definitely on netflix or, I've seen maybe, or it's netflix recently. yeah Yes, so you definitely. can go back and get that. So if that's something you like, it doesn't yes. matter if you just pick an episode in the middle of the whole thing. It'll be gorgeous. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh, wow, that was cool. So, I saw, yeah, like, like I was saying, I saw like the, um, the production, like the stills, like the promotional stills. And I'm like, I haven't heard about this. So this can't be any good because I, I mean, this should be on my radar from everything you've said. Yeah. So I am definitely going to watch it now because that's the reason why I didn't watch it like a year or so ago when I first heard about it. I was like, it's almost like because it's on it was on Netflix and I stumbled across it and I was like, "What is this? This looks kind of cool." I haven't heard anything about this. Let me go read, and then I just forgot about it. And then since I hadn't hear anybody bring it up again, I didn't watch it. And now, yes, this I is, this you know I picked it up in some and and we can call this a recommendation if you're pop culture people, either Paste Magazine or AVClub.com. Nice. Either one of those putting out a list that's here's the top twenty shows on AMC. Cool. So, John, I think... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. So I was like, Into the Badlands? That sounds awesome. And I read one, you know, capsule, and I'm like, I'm totally in. (laughs) Yes. So I think you told me about this show a while back, didn't you, John? I tweeted about it... I think you texted me. Four or six weeks ago, yeah. I think I was like, well, if it's it's martial arts, I don't think I'd be into it. But then you mentioned Kill Bill, which I did like. Yeah. So Maybe I, I mean if we're gonna go if if so, so let's 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 pull that apart a little. Um <laughs> so Kill Bill, I mean I mean I'm totally I think there's a there's a terrific um part of the film tradition that is about these kinds of martial arts movies. They have mm-hmm. they are completely foreign to our culture. I mean part of their appeal is that they're foreign to our culture, right? Mm-hmm. right. But they are completely at home in the culture where they're born and so in a movie like crouching tiger hidden dragon if you haven't seen seen it that's a place to start another another one after that is house of flying daggers yep um these are these are movies that are taking that form of athletic expression to an to a cinematic I don't want to say art. I guess I will say art form, but it sounds too highfalutin. It is mm-hmm. completely cool to watch these super athletic people choreograph this amazing cinematic thing that is fantasy um, and put it in a story that, you know, has these aspects of Chinese history or or at least Chinese cultural tradition. And that's what appeals to me, that it's completely... You know, it's completely foreign to us. It's foreign to us, but you can relate to it because the, the, the sort of label for it is wuxia, W-U-X-I-A, which is a Chinese term for martial heroes. Mm -hmm. 
So we can all relate mm-hmm. to that. It's just that sure. in their culture, they're doing these things. So, so yeah, I probably did say, hey, if you love Kill Bill, go yeah. watch these other things. And I would, I would add to that. There's Ooh. a whole, I mean, you can rabbit, <laughs> you can go down a rabbit hole on this <laughs> stuff. And I won't do it for your listeners, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of I was um, reading articles this week because um, come it's you know the twentieth anniversary of nineteen ninety nine movies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and there were, I was looking at a list. It was on the Ringer. I was looking at a list of movies that came out in nineteen ninety nine. And I was like, wow, this is maybe like half of my top ten movies, favorite movies oh, came yeah. out in nineteen ninety nine, or either like thirty forty percent. It's because and this. This kind of stuff that you're talking about showed up in it became more popularized in in mainstream America with like stuff like The Matrix. Because that yeah. they yeah. borrowed heavily from that style in the action. In Big the movie. time. Big time. Well, what about some oh, of the yeah. Chuck Norris stuff? Wasn't that mm-hmm. earlier? So, thank it's you. Let me just say thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I am, I went, I was in college in the in the 80s and okay. Chuck Norris was at his peak um when also that was the dawn of the VCR era uh-huh yes so for for um Chuck Norris there's a couple of um I'll say banner uh uh, uh films that are noteworthy that led to what we all relate to Chuck Norris as and one right. of them was a movie he did with Bruce Lee. Yes, um, I've seen that one. And um, what was that one not, called? So mm, something mm, dragon. No, it's something. not Enter the Dragon, but it's very close. They had, yeah, it's, it yeah, had a title in China, and they had a title in and it had a title here. But he was a um, Bruce Lee was a guy who came to Hollywood to try to to try to Hollywoodize kung fu. Uh-huh. And they gave the the Kung Fu the series titled Kung Fu to David Carradine instead of him, and so he went back to China and Hong Kong to make his movies. And one of those he made with Chuck Norris, who was the American guy. Yeah. Um, by the end of this, I'll I'll come up with the name of that. So so they had that they had that movie, and then Chuck Norris made Lone Wolf McQuaid. Yes. <laughs> this is the... <laughs> that one I haven't heard of. Oh, my God. You have to stop everything. We'll excuse you from the rest <laughs> of the podcast to go stream Lone Wolf McQuaid. We'll wait like an hour and a half. It is... It is <laughs> Real time. A, it is such a time capsule for like 1982 yeah. or 1983, whenever it was. I was in college. I'm writing it down. Lone Wolf Lone McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid. And he's a Texas Ranger, and there's like drug lords, and of course he shoots them, but he also beats them up with his hands and feet. Yes, and and it's an it's an awesome trip in the wayback machine to like 1983 or 84. I have seen that movie multiple times. So what we used to do, because it came out, and because this is what you, so I was in, working in college dorms while I was in in college. You had to rent. Nobody owned a VCR. These things cost fifteen hundred dollars. So you'd yes. rent a VCR for the weekend, and you'd rent a couple of movies, and then you'd show them in the 
in the lounge in your dorm. So that was what that was what I did. And and me and my buddies would also rent a couple other movies. And one of them always. So we would rent Enter the Dragon. We would yes. we would rent Kentucky Fried Movie, which has an incredible Jason. Do you know this? An incredible yeah. martial arts spoof in it. Yes. And and Lone Wolf McQuaid. And we would watch these. I can tell you. I can. I can do every line in Lone Wolf McQuaid. And, and of course, second build in Lone Wolf McQuaid, the other actor in it is David Carradine. David Carradine, who was <laughs> yes. the guy that took, that stole yes. Bruce Lee's career. So it's, it's, you know, sort of an incredible bunch of sort of, you know, early Kung Fu, very different from what came later. The whole, yeah. you know, fantastical uh, uh, stuff that's in this Wuja. Uh, genre is different yeah but, definitely uh, i my my chuck norris the one i remember the most the one i saw multiple times as is when i was i was probably too young to be watching this uh was the octagon the octagon that was another one of his yeah. kung fu sure style karate movies i saw that one a bunch mm-hmm. and of course uh way of the dragon was the bruce lee way of the dragon chuck norris. Yeah. and it, i for some that. reason they're fighting in rome Yes. They have this showdown because Chuck, Chuck, actually Chuck Norris is like super burly in that movie. And mm-hmm. if you've, I mean, Bruce Lee is the epitome of athleticism. You see him in anything. You just look at that guy and he can do anything. But it's like, it's like ballet versus brawn in yes. that movie. Great. All right, we've probably lost all of your listeners at this point. <laughs> you didn't lose me. I'm all in on all this. All in. Let me go to a completely different recommendation for streaming, uh-huh. uh, for um, catching up. This is actually a TBS show called Search Party. Have either of you seen Search Party? No. I have heard the title, So, but that's about as far as I've got. This is a really, the word that I'm going to use here is subversive. Oh. Really? Well, I'm going to use I'm, two words. I'm on board. Subversive and millennials. Oh, okay. So, um, you don't have to say anything else. Yeah. I'm in. It, it, so, the star of the show is Alia Shakwa, who was in mm-hmm. um, Arrested Development. She was maybe, yes. if you remember, cousin maybe in Arrested Development. Yes. And she and three of her, like an ex semi kind of boyfriend, and then two pals. They're the foursome. They're the millennial foursome that finds themselves in this circumstance. And in the first season, they become obsessed in a very millennial way with the disappearance of somebody that they really didn't know. But because she sort of disappeared under mysterious circumstances, they've decided to adopt her as more than a friend she ever was to find out what happened to her. And it that's, gets that's them good. into this really extraordinary criminal circumstance and it gets really dark and by the end of season one i'm not going to say who but somebody's dead and there's criminal liability in that death and they all sort of cover it up Mm. this is a comedy right? this is a comedy it works (laughs) great so there's two seasons i think of search party out there on tbs and there's a third season coming and it's sort of the reason that you look for something that's not, you know, NCIS or The Resident or whatever yeah. is on uh, network. Sure. 
because it's just a really good what's going to happen next kind of a show. Cool. I'll check yeah. that out. So that's my... Great. And, I'm, and we don't have to go deep diving on Search Party, but Search Party and Season 3 is coming, I think, this year. And and Veep, Veep is coming on Sunday. No more needs to be said. No oh, more is it, needs Everybody to be said. should Are, watch ne- This Veep. week? This weekend? Sunday. Wow. Start okay. Yes. Can't wait. Yes. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, the fifth face on Mount Rushmore, as far as I'm concerned. She's the greatest. I agree. She's is spectacular. This, is, this, is this supposed to be the last season? Is that what I, yes. I thought they said? It is the last right. season. Yeah. Yep. 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 Great. I've got shows to watch. Yes. I actually, I finished, I just watched most of, I'm in like the last season of The Office, mm-hmm. my like third or fourth rewatch. <laughs> And so I, I'm going to move on to probably into the Badlands next, to be honest yeah. with you. We're in season four of The Office. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got it's waylaid good. because mom wanted to watch Veep, which we were not arguing with about at all. Oh, no. When she was here. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Had she not seen Veep before? She had seen, I had showed it to her a couple years ago, um, episode, mm-hmm. or season one, and she had remembered that from two or three years ago. I'd like to watch that Veep show. Man, that was funny. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> so she remembered. <laughs> cool. Yep. Well, good. Okay. Can, can I just give a teaser for something that I'll send out to you guys as a link? Absolutely. Sure. So because I overprepared for my appearance here. <laughs> I have, well, at least somebody prepared. I have a music <laughs> recommendation. I have oh, a couple of this music. I gotta hear. Yeah. So I have a couple yeah. of music recommendations, actually. And I won't spend a lot of time here because they're like on two ends of the, they're, they're polar opposites here. In very current modern indie pop, um, I, I've been listening to for the last, probably the last six or eight months, an, an artist who's, who goes by the name of Snail Mail. Yes, I've heard of it. Are you familiar with, with her at all? Yes. Young lady, no. indie pop, um, guitar based. Um, her album, her full album is called Lost. You can find it on Spotify. Um, it's really terrific. Um, she's sort of a, she, she sings in a very sort of melancholy tone and she plays guitar. I want to, I, I want to say that if Liz Fair were happy, this is what she'd sound like. Yeah, uh, it actually makes sense. Yep, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, or if the breeders were not on heroin, this is maybe what they would sound like. <laughs> so if you want to, it's a very much, she's a kid of the 90s who's, you know, reinterpreting, reinterpreting her, her the music she grew up on. Um, I don't know. She's 20 years old. She's she's great. This is uh, this is something that I that I listen to. Um, there's a band called X Hex. It's again an all female rock band. That I don't think I know. Go to I don't either. I saw them. They opened for I went out last summer and saw Spoon. I'm a huge mm. fan of Spoon, mm. Austin based rock band. They're just terrific. Um and they op- they were part of the they were part of the lineup and I was completely blown away. Um they're sort of cousins of Slater Kenny. Um mm one degree of separation there. Um, but the woman who fronts the band is a killer, uh, guitarist and, um, 
so X, Hex, Just Like It Sounds. It's all on Spotify. They have a new album called It's Real. It's out there. And then I'm going to go completely old school because I think it's going to swing into our last bit of feedback. And I have a playlist that we'll put out and, and I'll give you a f- for you to tweet out when the episode yeah, goes. Do you want this to is, do that now or do you want to save it for when we get I'm, into I'll it? Just, I'll just say it right now and then when we oh, get there okay. we can explain it. it. Because this is as old school as it gets. Okay. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Delbert McClinton. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Delbert McClinton taught John Lennon to play the harmonica. This is how old Delbert McClinton is. <laughs> uh, but when we talk about sort of old blues and stuff, he is Texas roadhouse, honky-tonk, blues, country blues. He's just great. Incredible voice. If anybody hasn't heard him, to listen to this play. Yeah, so you I'll, introduced him to me I, a couple years ago. I yeah, think he's great. I think he's great. I go through these deep dives where I'll go like all Steely Dan for a month and all Tom <laughs> Petty for a month and all Delbert McClinton for a month and all John Hyatt for a month and whoever else. And um, and so I want to I want to push Delbert out there. I've seen him live. If you get to see him live, he's incredible. He always has a great band. He's got a great. So anyway, I'll stop there. Great. You have given me lots of things to keep me. Keep you busy till the summer. Thank you. Do we have a guest on the show this week? Answer no or yes, it's a binary thing. Do we have a guest? Do we have a guest? Answer no or yes. Um, yeah, he's been with us for the whole show. Can we move on now, please? And now, a few actual quotes overheard while at the post office and or staples, presented completely without any context whatsoever. It's my car that makes me the target of the police. I mean, I've given up trying to run from them because they catch me every time. They're just after me because I'm me. What do you mean, who am I talking about? Your baby mama is who I'm talking about. I'm just thankful that we live in a day and age where they can send me live-grown adult chickens through the mail to replace the two that my vulture ate. That was a few actual quotes overheard at the post office and or staples presented completely without context. If you'd like to send us feedback, you can reach us on Twitter at SpeakTangents or via email at speakingoftangentspodcast at gmail.com. And if you prefer, you can also leave us a voice tweet at 406-905-1912. We may play it during the feedback segment or at the end of the show. So do we have any feedback this week? We, we do have feedback this week. Let's start with Jen Babish at JBab Sports Chick, who mm-hmm. tweeted us, When is the March Madness preview show, speaking of tangents? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Well, it did, she didn't get it in her feed? <laughs> She must she have missed check. it. She should call Apple. Call Apple. I'm sure there's a number on their website that you can call and get somebody right away on the phone, a real person, and figure they'll help you figure it out. Apple Martin or Apple Tom Apple? Tim Apple. Tim Apple. Okay. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, we're not having a March Madness bracket tournament this year, but that hasn't stopped people from actually entering their brackets anyway. <laughs> Did they really do oh, that? Oh, yeah. We have over 40 brackets. That's really? hilarious. Yeah, I am and so liberated by not having done any brackets. I didn't do a single bracket. Well, I wasn't going to, and then I saw all these brackets, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I might miss not doing a bracket, so I put my bracket in there, too. 
Yeah, you know, we could probably cobble together a winner-take-all prize pool. The winner will have bragging rights. Or if the other people want to give the winner a prize and send it to them on our behalf, that'd be fabulous, too. Do do whatever you want. I'll send the winner something, too. You'll send the... Well, right now, the leader is somebody with the bracket name Double Stuff Oreos, so... <laughs> Not familiar to me. They're disqualified. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, so the next one. We have a clarification from Michelle Miller at ER Nurse MEN. Mm-hmm. Clarification. The Oreo egg is indeed similar to the Cadbury egg, but filled with Oreo cream and cookie bits. I think they're ah. both too sweet. And this is a scrunched up, like a bad taste in my mouth face emoji. Yes. And then she says, I prefer the Cadbury mini eggs. So we I were wondering no. if... I, I don't think I've ever had the Cadbury mini eggs. It's a smaller version of the egg. <laughs> yeah, but does it have that cream in it? I guess we need another clarification. Or is it just yeah, a chocolate so, so egg? This clarified nothing for us, is what you're saying. Well, it did clarify that the Oreo egg had the Oreo cream, which I'm not interested in. Yeah, that's old news. We've already moved on. Yep. Okay. Um, cool Aunt Claire at Cool Aunt Claire says, The latest Speaking of Tangents talks about realizing Cadbury eggs and gremlins may not be as good as remembered. I'm mm-hmm. convinced that life is just a series of disappointing realizations that all things are not as good as one remembers. And then that is she correct. does a broken heart emoji. Yeah, do you know why I agree with that in, in both a funny way and in a actually there's some truth to that way? Why? If in life, if everything that you're experiencing is not continually improving and getting better, if you're not seeking out better things and you know better experiences and more enjoyable things and knowing more about what you're into and what you're not into and, you know, avoiding more things that are, you know, things that you're not into and, and taking part in spending more time on things that you're into, then, well, I mean, what are you doing? Well, then that might make Claire feel better. She did yeah. put a broken heart emoji. Yeah. So when you look back, your life hopefully is better now in, mm-hmm. in and not necessarily, I'm, I'm not talking about like economically or social. I'm talking about like the things that you know that you seek out to spend your time on and enjoy. Hopefully, you have gotten to a point of where you know yourself a little bit better. And as you de- develop your taste and as tastes develop as you get older, I, if I like, if I still like the stuff, same stuff now that I liked when I was 12 years old, I haven't grown and experienced enough as a human being. Right, growing and gaining wisdom is what you're talking about. Exactly. Well, yes, hopefully you gain wisdom, at least experience. Experience does not always equate to wisdom is the problem. (laughs) Right. Well, Brendan in Jersey responded at Brendan in Jersey with, the disrespect for gremlins on this show is horrific. (laughs) What's horrific is gremlins. Yes. (laughs) There we go. I was not in for gremlins when it Uh -uh. was out in the theaters. I didn't really like it in then either. It's it's the love it got in pop culture never I never understood. And it certainly does not, as you guys have established, hold up. Oh, it definitely does not hold up. Yeah, it didn't hold up for me. But I think the reason that I liked it at the age when it, I was when it came out was because the gremlin, before he went crazy, was cute. And that might be where the pop culture came from. Mm-hmm. Well, I bet you uh, they had Big Mac meals with little gremlins in them. Sure. Probably. Let's, uh, let's, before, before Brendan sends us another tweet or email about this, <laughs> um, let me just say that before it was a gremlin, 
before it, yes, a gremlin. Yeah. It wasn't a gremlin before it went crazy. It was a mogwai. That's right. And that's yep. what you're talking about is mogwai, the cute. Yep. And then when it got wet, it turned or whatever it did, eight, eight after midnight, it turned into a gremlin. And I, I think, think before it was were. either of those things, it was an Ewok. <laughs> exactly. Right? I think that's why I I'm liked it. It looked like an Ewok. The other universe. It was a mini Ewok. Yes, it was an Ewok. I think that's why I liked it. Made no sense. It was an no, awful they... <laughs> choice. It was bad. Absolutely. It was pandering to your ch- the children in Bring your audience your trying hate, to sell your movie. People, yes. But it was all of those things are bad. Yeah. So the question now is <laughs> is the mini is the Grim is the Mogwai and Nora, as John's pointed out, the mini Ewok, does it have the same filling in it that the large size Ewok has in it? Right. So hopefully somebody yeah. can clarify that. Yes. Neil in Rockville at Neil and Rockville. Ladies and donuts, my type of religion. Can I be like a bishop and officiate weddings? Yes. I'm not saying yes that he can do that, but um I think in our in our sect it's gonna be called either a cruller or a beignet. So you can be all in for the beignet. Yeah, you can be a beignet, and then then that allows you to officiate weddings. But there has to be only one food served at the wedding. Only one food, donut. Okay, I'm I'm all in for that. And the beignet. Um, (laughs) Patrick. But actually, no. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Hold on. Let me let me think about this. Let me just let me just be clear that there's like (laughs) flour and eggs and sugar in different shape. (laughs) And they're both the same. And they're no, it's it's classified as donuts. That's a food group under right. itself. Donuts. But I mean, the, the <laughs> cruller that's twisted, yes, or the beignet that's puffed, yes, they're the same <laughs> element. Pretty much. Pretty much. It's but just a donut. They're made a um, little differently, aren't they? Well, they're produced. Yeah. A little differently of yeah. the same. It's the same. Stuff. It's the same thing when it when it gets in you. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's certainly the same when it comes out of you. Uh, so the the thing I will, do want to comment on this is no Neil you cannot officiate weddings because there are no weddings in the ladies and donuts religion we, we believe in monogamy in our religion but if you want to be part of the ladies and donuts it's just like you know Catholic priests can't get married if you if you become a priest if you become you know a, a, if you become a cruller or a long john in our religion you cannot marry people because we don't want to promote that among we want to keep the ladies and the men free for each other you're on your own i'm just gonna say completely i don't i'm not going to dispute anything you said but you're on an (laughs) island man oh yes believe me definitely and i'm like the hole in the donut i'm on the hole in the donut you're the hole in the donut okay i'm good with that i'll get you off of that island with the next tweet Mm-hmm. Well, actually, probably not. Patrick no. at Patrick Mo- at Moffat Patrick island. says the Kingpin comparison to a Farrelly Brothers movie is so on point. They yep. directed it. Yep. Yes, this is true. How about that for you know just pattern recognition? <laughs> yeah. And then he says, on a separate note, I've decided I've noticed lately that most TV shows have gotten blurrier. It's not my eyes. I think they have just given up on HD. Yep, I agree completely. I, yeah, I totally that's agree. wrong. That's entirely wrong. It's <laughs> completely about however much wine is being had before watching. <laughs> or that, that's how uh, HD you know, gets to MD. Nowadays, some people need cheaters. Could be. Cheaters? Or, yeah. And then he says he's not so. going to put much of a fight up on Luke Overby's Brady take. N- no, because that's that'd be a you know first round Mike Tyson 
knockout right there if you try to fight that because it's perfect. <laughs> it's indisputable. And speaking of Tom Brady, Sully from Boston at Rice Twist says, I've eaten some of the TB12 meals. I'm sorry. And I'm going to live an extra 10 years because of it, even if it tastes like a wafer cone. Also, when we, he leaves, we will still love him. Hashtag masshole for life. Yeah, of course. It's, but it's even people who are 100% in on the Patriots in Massachusetts and all things Boston have to admit he's weird. Totally. Yeah. He's got a, yep, such a weird, weird side to him. Okay, it's on to, uh, it's on to spring training, which I think is John Miller because it's AJKM563. Shouldn't that be on to opening day? Oh, it's on to no? opening day, yeah. 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 He week. says, I, I called your new phone number, was so flabbergasted yes. it was real, I could barely leave a message. I was laughing so hard to myself. <laughs> <laughs> we did actually get a message that um, I'll put at the end of this podcast that you can listen to. Yes. Without comment. Yep. Okay. Um, but by the way, we did have a clarification from Tony Beeson about the bleeping sound in the jingle that he sent us. You know, I postulated that it could be from Bop It or mm-hmm. Catchphrase. Thank well, you, Tony. He, well, he emailed me and told me it was from Taboo. Taboo? Oh. Which is um, my favorite board game of all time, Taboo. Kinda, so I was on the right track with questioning school too. Bop It. You were on the... No, I think I'm the one that said it was from Bop It. Well, yes. I... I think I was on the right track. Never mind. (laughs) And, you know. My insinuation is. (laughs) I'm on an island again. Yeah, you're on your island. Taboo is my most favorite board game of all time. But so you might think, well, why? Why didn't you know that that was the buzzer sound? Do you know why I don't know? Because I don't ever get buzzed because I'm so good at it. Do you want me to send a, a rescue Coast Guard to your island now? Because I don't know what you're talking about. No dispute from the third we'll, chair. We're, we're just going to move right <laughs> on to the next one. Um, Moving on. Will at Aquarium, D-R-N-K-E-R, sent mm-hmm. us a tweet from BBC Six Music. Cool. And the, the tweet is, name a sad song that always makes you happier. Hmm. And this must have been for International Day of Happiness because they did that as a hashtag. Now, Will said he wanted to know what we, what we, he said, what you got? I'm thinking Radiohead fake plastic trees. So basically we are, Hmm. he wants us to tell him a sad song that always makes us happy when we hear it. Anybody got anything? Yes. Oh yeah. I Go ahead, John. Well, I looked at this two different ways because this is essentially the notion of the blues. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. blues. If you if you listen to a guy like BB King or Buddy Guy, some of these first generation blues men, they say either you have the blues, and so you listen to this music to get away from it, right? Mm-hmm. Or or you sing the blues to feel better because right. you have. And so this is the this is the whole you know this is the whole notion around this. So I I took this two different ways. One, there is a song that I listen to that I it is a happy song. It it makes it gives me it gets me going and. 
and be, because of the way it is musically, and and Jason, I don't know if you want to, you know, sort of drop this in to the to the show to listen to, but I will provide a link to this particular song. Mm-hmm. I'd listened to this song for years before I knew how sad it was. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it is a happy, it is a happy song. It has yes. this totally cool blues swing vibe. It's got horns and guitar. I'm going to tell you, it is a song by a, 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 an artist named um, Clarence. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a recording by Clarence Gatemouth Brown, who's an mm-hmm. old school blues guitar guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it now so that you can hear it a little bit in the background. <laughs> this goes on for a minute a minute and a half. Listen to this. It's totally it does get you going. Jamming. It, yeah. Yeah. This you would not think is a sad. song yeah. about Suicide. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It it is a song. So the name of this song. I'm gonna dial it back a little. This is a song. <laughs> I hear you brought a clip. But listen to it. It is happy. Oh, yeah. It is happy. It is upbeat. When the horns join in, you're gonna be like, I wanna listen to more of this song. And this is a, it is a blues song. It's an old style right. song about yeah. the song is called River's Invitation. And the river is inviting you to drown yourself. So this yeah. is a sad song. <laughs> but the idea of this song is I can't find my baby. She's gone. And I'm looking for her. And if I can't find her, I'm going to answer the river's invitation. And I'm going to go under the surface and... And perish. I'm going to tell you guys, I listened to this song for five years before I listened to what it was about and knew it was a sad song. So this is the idea of if you've got the blues, you sing the songs to feel better. And this is the song for me that epitomizes that. I went down a whole rabbit hole of songs where (laughs) the blues are telling you, okay, your girl is cheating on you or your significant other is cheating on you. And too many dirty dishes in the sink for just us two. That is a great blues song. It is about feeling bad because you're not in a good place. But it's it's a happy song. Yes, the music is happy sounding. When you're talking about those lyrics, it reminds me of when my brother was in early years of high school, maybe freshman, sophomore, he was learning how to play guitar. And he was teaching himself, and blues is where he started. So Mm -hmm. once he'd get the song down, then he'd ask my mom to sing with him, and she would harmonize, and he'd show her these lyrics. And there'd be Robert Johnson... He was one that my brother played a lot. It's about murder and suicide and all these things. And my mom, all these songs. And my mom was like, "What am I singing right now?" Because she was not. She wasn't. My mom kind of enjoys classical music. She's not a blues fan, 
but she learned a lot of blues songs and there no, I mean, was a there's lot a of ton talk of, of these and i couldn't think of them all there's one um called a good fool is hard to find i love these songs where the singer doesn't know he's the fool he doesn't yeah. know that until the end of the song there's a like a punchline in the song that you know hey you know, my baby came home last night and she looked at me real cool and she said, you ain't got, you're, you ain't nothing but an over, an overgrown fool and I'm going to leave you and I'm going to leave you behind. Maybe I'm going to tell you a good fool is hard to find. And, and he's making his case. A good fool is hard to find. Look, I'm all in for you, even though you, you're not sure you want me. That's the essence of the, you know, that's the essence of, of blue stuff. So wow. I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys a link to a small one, uh, a, a playlist of songs that are just full of these blues ideas that are, Hey, the singer doesn't know he's the fool until the end of the song. Cool. <laughs> There's a jillion of these songs where, Somebody who thinks they're on the ups are really on the downs. That's what that's what the best of these blues are about. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna provide a a play a Spotify playlist. I hope people can access that so cool. that you can listen to those. That'd be good. I'd like that. KJ, what songs did you think of? Well, my immediate thought was Into the Mystic by Van Morrison. And In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Oh, yeah, because the lyrics of that are not very happy. <laughs> yeah, that song is, I think that song is really about divorce. Hmm. But hmm. it's not that they, I kind of approached this differently. You know, John was saying that first song that he mentioned, it's very, it sounds very happy. Well, a song that sounds very happy that's not is um, It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To. That sounds very happy, but that's really a sad song. But Yeah, yeah I see, you know what I hear from that song, though, is um, the, the verses are sad, but the chorus is more like, I'm just going to do what I want, which is it's more like independence and claiming power over the situation. Except for the final line is, you would cry too if it happened to you. Yeah, but which is like saying, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think it's meant to be a sad song, but it's not. It doesn't come out as sad. But to me, I just... definitely the music is not sad. No, definitely not. So, I mean, for me, though, I just love to sing. So singing makes me happy no matter what I'm singing. So for me, it's hard for me to internalize these songs as being sad because I just like to sing them. And each of these greats, each of these songs is a great song to sing. Right, if you, regardless oh, of what yeah. the point of view of the the voice is. Right. I would I would say that Wait, I got one more, Jason. Uh, oh, go ahead. What goes around comes around or cry me a river by my boy. Cry me a river, that's that's supposed to be a sound sad song. Well, cry me a river, he's 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 it's about a breakup and and Britney Spears cheating on him. Yes. This yeah, just but I, I don't want to say lesser than I'm just going to say. What'd you say, John? I, I it feels it. so much lesser than Into the Mystic. I know. I, I, added, <laughs> I added both of those in there for, for Jason. I didn't yeah, really I, even think yeah. of those two songs. It's consistent yeah. with your brand. That's right. 
<laughs> yeah, I actually I I like Cry Me River as a song. I because yeah. I like Timberland, mm-hmm. but True. um, not Timberland, Timberland, but uh, um, what's his name? Justin Timber Lake. Yes, Timberlake. who has occasionally worked with Timberland. <laughs> occasionally, yes. with both of these songs that I mentioned, when actually. Yeah. Yes, both those True. are Timberland songs. Yeah, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I I see like it's all it's almost like a revenge song to me though. It's a yeah, they both are revenge songs. But what goes yeah. around comes around is really a revenge song. They both yeah. are. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when I think of sad songs, I think of dying. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to what um, or you know, breaking up, something dying, a relationship dying, a person dying, you know, something like that. So, like stuff like Tears in Heaven, which. Mm-hmm. Is not a is not one of these. I would not put on this list. It's just a sad song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And then like I thought of so many songs that were like, oh, I, this I like this song, but now that I know the story behind it, and it's a, such a sad thing, I can't really l- I can't really listen to it. I can listen to it, but I can't enjoy it like I did before. Yeah, in, in, in a lot of in a lot of these cases, so I'm I'm just gonna leave. There's several of those that I'm gonna leave off about musicians. Some of my favorite musicians ever have you know died, or and a lot of them did suicide, which is sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one that I thought of that I think the very first one I thought of when I when I read this is a song by Colin Hay, who was uh, the lead singer in Men at Work in the early mid '80s, um, and it's on it's on the Garden State soundtrack, is where I, oh, I first heard it. Yeah. And it's uh, just don't think I'll ever get over you. And he's talking about, um, basically, you know, his significant other is gone, and 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 it's it's she's died, um, is what the you know what he's hinting at in the in the lyrics, and it's a super sad sounding song, but it makes me happy because the way he approaches it is, I'm not I'm not um. I'm not being sad about not getting ever getting over you. It's the I got to spend so much such good times with you that it's going to be with me forever, and it makes all other relationships pale in comparison. It's that kind of mm-hmm. that kind yeah. of approach, and it's he's like I'm very happy that I, it's it's the it makes me happy because you know Jason's wife loves that song. Um, so by extension of it making her happy, it makes me happy, but also the fact that he. He is approaching, you know, a sad end of a relationship song as, hey, the reason why I'm sad now is because it was so awesome before when we were together. So it's kind of like, and he, he sticks with the, the, the important, he, he sticks with the happy stuff, even though it is sad, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. And it's very sad sounding. It's just him and an acoustic guitar. I don't think I've heard that one, or if I... If I have, it's, a it's great not song. that I know. I don't know it by name. It's a great, great song. Well, that's just it. We could go through so many songs that are sad. Oh, yeah, those are just the first ones I thought of. Like Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. Uh-huh, yeah. Makes me happy when I hear that song, but it is ultimately a sad song. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a song by Jason Isbell called Cover Me Up, which is about addiction. Really mm-hmm. great song. Really fun to sing. So sometimes if you just put, you know, John said I didn't know the, what the lyrics meant for years. Sometimes if you just don't purposely, purposely don't try to figure out what the song is about, it might be better for everybody. 
Just denial, <laughs> denial, right? Well, you know, your connection with a, an artist changes how That's you true. hear yes. their tunes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Definitely. Um, now, we want to segue from sad, so let's finish with, um, I have a Hall of Flame correction, not a Hall of Flame correction, a Hall of Fame correction, <laughs> and two... I'll, I'll, I'll give an instant correction, in time correction, it's not Hall of Flame. <laughs> and two Hall of Fame clarifications. Okay. So the first one is the correction. Apparently I said last week, or last time we had a show, that those cartilage cells from her surgery were growing the whole time between surgery number one and two. So that would have been like a two month period. Well, I that was corrected. had a very Westworld kind of feel yes, to it. Yes, didn't it? Said yes. It, by the way. Um, I was told that it only takes 15 days to grow the new cartilage. The reason we were really waiting, which I knew, was that we were waiting for the insurance to change. So, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> so I don't think that was a very big correction, really, but. So th- I would say that's not really much of a correction at all. So this next one is actually might be more of a Hall of Fame affirmation Oh, for me, because you asked me, did she like Witness or the Kingpin or Kingpin better between those mm-hmm. two movies we watched? And I guessed Witness and I got it. Got that one right. Cool. And this one might interest you the most, Jason. Hall of Famer says she's willing to donate to your new religion if... <laughs> this is my number one only question I cared about. If. Oh, if. Oh, okay. If I, the horse and buggy remains the primary mode of transportation. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All followers can, can you know, all underlings can can choose that. They have to. That's required. Horse and buggy as we understand it from the way witness... The film Witness taught us how horse Correct. and buggy is. Yeah, the the yes. film Witness is is very much like it's our like the reference. Old Testament. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's like what John. I missed. I didn't hear you. The, I was the, just looking for a reference for what a oh, horse and buggy okay. means. Yeah. Yes, and it means I thought you said the thing weapon. we saw in the movie Witness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna approach this like everything because there are dire practice people. Yes. Whipping horses in a horse and buggy circumstance, and they have whips in hand, and they have the only other thing I remember <laughs> is that they have a particular way they shave their beard. Yes, yes, and if that's yes, what it means, true. okay, I'm I understand. Although, yeah, you- and if, if anybody breaks our rules, we put them in a corn silo and dump corn on them. <laughs> That did happen in witness. Um, yes, it did. But I know I don't, maybe I will need another correction or clarification next week because I don't know what her idea with you being on that island about ladies and marriage and stuff. I don't know where she's going to feel about that. So we'll have to uh, come back to that. I will. I will. We look forward to her donations. Okay. All right, and that's it. That's that's all I got. Cool, John. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, it's been awesome. Yes, thank you, John. S- super happy to join you guys. Cool. Uh, KJ, you have anything else? Nope, that's it. Uh, until next time, bye. 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 Yes, about your podcast, I do enjoy it. But I have uh, one question or one disappointment. 
Well, it's not really a question. More of a, a disappointment. Not in the podcast, but in tones. Do you know that Dairy Queen removed their waffle cones from their options? I can no longer enjoy my waffle cones. That's troubling. I hope you guys have a nice day. Speaking of Tangents is brought to you by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Hosted by Jason Fuse and K.J. Onstead. Created by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Music written and performed by Jason Fuse. Lyrics and vocals by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Edited by Jason Fuse. Oh, and speaking of recommendations, because of John's extensive list of fantastic recommendations, he saved you from another recommendation from me this week. Hashtag the ranch, hashtag beaver pitch. But if you're still listening, I guess he didn't actually save you after all, unless you press stop right now. No? You're still there? You sure? Okay, ask for it. Here's my recommendation this week. Watch baseball. Happy opening weekend. (laughs) Graphics by Jason Fuse. I love snow peas and I love you.